You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. It's now 5 o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM. I am in studio today with Kaylee Marsh and Yasmin Gerbal, who are here to talk to us today about the Arts and Equity Project and the many workshops that they are putting on in cooperation with the Kingston Arts Council. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you for having us, Zaina. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. I'm really excited, too. There's a lot of energy happening in the studio right now and a lot of smiles. So there's a lot of great you'll get energy. You'll smiled at a lot. You'll get smiled at. And hopefully you'll be smiling as you're listening through and learning about lots of really great stuff coming up. So tell us a bit about yourselves and what you do and what your relationships are in the local arts community. So I'm an anti-oppression facilitator and I kind of come to this from a more activist background and a facilitation background. You know, we design these workshops so that they're very experiential learning. Um, we've, we use a lot of discussion and interactivity. Um, so that's kind of, that's what I believe is the most effective way to learn as a facilitator. I've learned facilitation kind of through activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my day job, I'm a youth worker and work with youth at risk. But it's, um, you know, even though that job kind of helps me in this work, it's not necessarily what I, what I do on a daily basis. But. And uh, for myself, I am actually a a PhD student here at Queen's University, and I am in the cultural studies program. And I myself also kind of bring a different perspective into this work, where I try to bridge the kind of theory and practice of um, what it means to to talk about equity and diversity within different contexts and different uh, spheres. So I actually met Kaylee in community organizing here uh, in Kingston in general. Um, mostly through, um, I think it started with the food chairs, the people yeah. of color food chairs, the bridging together, or the we had a educational workshop series on kind of like anti-racism in Kingston and you know different kind of oppression in Kingston, and then we had a, a series of food chairs that kind of came out of that. Yeah, that's right, and uh, we um, we have been working together on these uh, different issues for for a while now. Um, and when she invited me to uh, to join this workshop. I was actually very excited because I have always been part of the arts community, but very much on the on the periphery and mostly as an audience member. And so it has been very interesting to kind of enter the this space from uh, from a different perspective. So now you are both collaborating together uh, on this arts and equity project. What is the arts and equity project, and how did you manage to partner with the Kingston Arts Council? So. Uh, Danica, who's the executive director of the Kingston Arts Council, her and I started talking about anti-oppression just in general about a year ago. And because I'm very passionate about it and I talk about it a lot. And she was like, you know, this could probably be useful for the arts community in Kingston. So we, um, we, you know, I kind of gave her a proposal about what I thought um, an effective learning strategy would be for really integrating an understanding of equity and understanding of diversity for arts organizations and artists in Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a grant, it was approved. So the first phase is the workshops, um, which Yasmin and I are co-facilitating with um, 
uh, a few other co-facilitators as well as honored guest um, artist facilitators. Mm -hmm. So we have um, guest artists who are doing community engaged arts who come and facilitate, you know, experiential learning, discussion-based activities that are talking about equity, diversity, and anti-oppression. Then the second phase is kind of an action phase. So that's where organizations and artists get to take everything that they've been learning and try to implement it in their organizations and their practices and really experiment with some of the things that they've that they've learned. Mm-hmm. And then the third phase is coming back together for a community dinner and community kind of gathering. So we'll have the arts organizations and artists that participated in the phase one workshops join community engaged artists. So not only our honored guest artist facilitators, but a lot of people in Kingston that are working with marginalized artists, um, you know, people who who are looking at arts and, and practicing arts in a very grassroots, non-academic, not structured way necessarily. And so, you know, out of that, we hope that there will be a lot of relationships built and, you know, a lot of new connections forged. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth phase is kind of documenting the process. So what did these organizations experiment with? What did they learn? Where are the gaps? Where do we need to continue this learning and continue building relationships, building capacity, learning different things? And that will be documented in a toolkit that I'm going to write in collaboration with the Kingston Arts Council. Um, and maybe Yasmin will join on that too, depending on on how that rolls out. But um, yeah. One of the central questions that we really wanted to engage with, with the various people that we're going to be talking with, and you know, I mean, we're we're calling this a workshop, but we really want to think of it as a, as a conversation, right? So thinking about um, who in the arts community is here and who is, isn't, who is represented and, and who isn't. And these are things that we want um, our community activists and our community members to think about uh, in not in terms of race, in terms of class and abil- ability. Um, and these are really central questions that we want to, to discuss. And so with these workshops, we really want to start the conversation about our own location and where we are at as individuals and then think about our community as a whole. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the types of workshops that you have offered so far? And what's coming up? So our our first workshop was on February 22nd, and that was kind of just laying the foundation. So, um, you know, we're saying terms like anti-oppression, equity, diversity, that maybe people don't fully understand or they mean very different things to different people. So a big part of that workshop was kind of just getting on the same page. What are we talking about? What clarifying some of the the systems that we're going to be talking about Mm -hmm. and some of the dynamics. We also did a little bit of kind of just exploring the identities of the participants in the room. So just kind of every person identifying just briefly, like where where are you at? Where, how are you located? How do you move in our society? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about a couple of examples specific to people's experiences of being excluded in the arts community in Kingston or barriers and challenges that they've faced. Okay. Um, and kind of work through that and looked, taking those examples from an individual kind of finger pointing context and just saying, this is actually a huge system. There's a big system in play that is much bigger than us. And how do we, how do we talk about that system? Because we as individuals have, we do have agency, we do have power, but the philosophy behind these workshops is that when we understand the systems and we understand the structures 
that are at play, we're better equipped to dismantle those systems and dismantle those structures and challenge them. Okay. And so we tried to kind of just have those discussions and kind of talk about some people's experiences and move from a place of, um, you know, these are just individual circumstances to, you know, how do we talk about this in a larger context? Okay. Before moving on to the other workshops, then maybe we can follow up and dig a little deeper here. And you mentioned it too, that uh, oppression and anti-oppression can mean and does mean uh, different things to different people depending on their location and their experiences. Can we describe generally, maybe for our listeners, what is anti-oppression? Uh, what types of oppression and occur in the local arts landscape? And, and following from that, what tools can we offer or um, for artists uh, to practice anti-oppression or even listeners to practice anti-oppression? To start, um, so I would say that oppression, to me, oppression is really looking at, looking beyond discrimination and prejudice and looking at the systems, you know, the history, the culture, the the root causes. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe talking about colonialism and, and capitalism and, you know, these histories that, that have existed for hundreds of years and, and still exist today. And we see the reality of these systems in those experiences, in, in people's individual experiences of prejudice or discrimination. Mm-hmm. But oppression is really taking it to a systems level and going a lot deeper. And I would say that anti-oppression is, you know, once you develop that analysis of, of understanding how these systems operate and how they're manifesting in our relationships and in, you know, institutions that we interact with, really taking an active role in, in challenging those things mm-hmm. and saying, okay, we understand how these operate. Let's really look at different ways to have relationships, different ways to structure our organizations, to, to work and exist in, in our communities that, that challenge those systems. And, so that's that's how I see anti-oppression and, and oppression. I would say how it operates in the arts community, like it does everywhere, right? Like these are these systems and these structures are, as I said, you know, they've been ex- in existence for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. um, sometimes millennia, depending on what we're talking about, and um, it takes a long time to. Um, I mean, it's pervasive. It is, it's kind of everywhere. So it's, this issue is not necessarily isolated to the arts community. It's in our society everywhere. But, you know, I think it's interesting, like looking at the Me Too movement and, and how that kind of came out of the arts, um, you know, very mainstream arts, but still arts and creativity and how that is, you know, people are saying in the, in the creative arts community as people who are, they see a little bit beyond their time and, you know, they, like artists are communicators for ideas that are bigger than ourselves. And I think it's it's important for, in this project, like artists are seeing, you know, hey, this is something that we wanna challenge. Um, there's a lot of amazing marginalized artists, indigenous artists, artists with disabilities, um, trans and gender queer artists, um, poor artists that um, have been championing and telling these stories for a really long time. And, you know, there's just not, Sometimes there's not a lot of communication between people or organizations and institutions that have resources and, and um, you know, a larger platform. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the artists that, you know, are experiencing and overcoming um, oppression on a daily basis. And so we just really wanted to um, make sure that those relationships are being built, that, um, you know, there's that we can we have the tools to be able to facilitate communication between um, those different silos Mm -hmm. and um, that that is a 
it's a can be a transformative process if people if people really embrace it. I did want to say that um, one thing that we really want to think about is um, in the arts community here in Kingston, who are we seeing and who we are not seeing? So whether it be um, in terms of staff, in terms of board of directors, jury selection, and also audiences, who are the people who are going to museums? Who are the people that are, you know, using the various arts organizations and who isn't? Um, and it also brings this conversation about accessibility mm. um, and what that accessibility means, right? Because when we think about anti-oppression, when we, when we think about inclusion and equity, it's about access, right? It's about access uh, in terms of physical access, but it's also in terms of class. It, and we really want to think about these things intersectionally, so all together as they are combined. I'd like to pick up on this particular idea. When I think of access, I'm often thinking about is a, a space accessible uh, for people with disabilities? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I anticipate uh, that this space or this uh, room or this place or this event is going to be as accessible as possible? But in this aspect, Access goes beyond uh, accommodations for disabilities. Access uh, um, seems to resonate more with um, inclusivity. Absolutely, yes. I mean, one of the artists that we uh, had, so our honored... guest artist uh, was Randy Johnson um, and Randy created uh, this program called Theatre with a Meal and what it was was uh, it was a program that offered meals as well as theatre programs uh, for uh, folks in the community that were either uh, homeless or lived in poverty and for us that was really one thing that resonated with us in this idea of what inclusivity and accessibility meant because oftentimes when we think of folks that live in poverty, we don't think about their entertainment. We don't think about their access to the arts and mm-hmm. what that may mean to them and the importance of it. And so that's right. We think about all of these things and how they come together because you're right. Accessibility is not just about the physical space. Mm-hmm. It's about the the folks that surround this, um, this space and what they do with it. Okay. And now uh, further to the question regarding accessibility, what about issues of uh, race or gender or ethnicity or uh, religion uh, within the context of arts? Yeah, I think, so again, like I'm not an artist and I'm not a part of an arts organization. We, I think we are coming to this from a perspective of um, these are tools that we found really um, informative and transformative and really useful in the work that we do and, mm-hmm. um, you know, building community, building relationships across um, different political perspectives, across gender, race, class, um, things like that. And um, so I think, you know, just to full disclosure, like I don't understand all of the intricacies in the arts community, but my understanding is that, you know, when we, um, speaking about accessibility across um, different marginalization, that, you know, when we create, when we curate certain spaces to sell certain stories, or mm-hmm. we, we have a programming schedule that is um, gearing to, you know, maybe a more privileged um 
socioeconomic background or, you know, a privileged status in society that, you know, maybe people of color don't see themselves represented, indigenous people don't see themselves represented, uh, people with disabilities, you know, that's, it's not necessarily a, a comprehensive full story mm-hmm. that people can engage with. And so um, you're not necessarily inviting those voices and saying, hey, we really want to hear your stories. Because people, those artists are are producing that art. They are telling those stories. So I'm, again, like I'm not entirely sure about, I can't capture the entire intricacies of that process. Mm-hmm. But just speaking from my own perspective, you know, we we all have a role in creating culture. And when we disproportionately support certain stories or a certain kind of cultural telling, then um, we're just inherently excluding other voices. And I think it makes, it takes an added effort to to reach out across kind of, um, you know, outside of our bubbles and say, hey, like you have a story that I haven't heard before. You know, you we, we have an opportunity to learn from each other. And I have, you know, with my privilege, I have the opportunity to give you a platform to to tell your story and to share your art and to to offer some of that insight to to their own communities, you know, marginalized communities talking to marginalized communities, but also people who don't have that experience. Um, so moving on now, because we have other workshops that we that are upcoming, can you tell us a little bit about what's in store uh, for uh, your second and third workshops taking place in the spring? Yeah, so our next workshop is on March 22nd, um, and we're going to be in the Malting Tower at uh, the Tet Centre from 10 till 1. And um, so that one is going to focus on intersectionality. So as Yasmin mentioned earlier, talking about how these different forms of our identities um, really intersect with each other. So, you know, um, I'll just speak from my own experience. I'm a queer woman of color and I also have, you know, struggle with mental illness. So all of those things, I can't disconnect those things. Mm-hmm. I When I experience, um, you know, those um, oppressions or barriers because of those things, they all all interact in the same like in different ways but they all impact me quite significantly so you know we want to talk about um, accessibility and and the stories that we're telling from a comprehensive perspective taking into account all the different structures and barriers that's that one individual might might be facing because there's probably multiple things and multiple um, challenges that that different community members um, are facing to have their stories told and to have access to to resources in the arts community. Um, So we're going to kind of talk about um, how the arts culture, just how the arts culture in Kingston operates um, and, you know, how we can kind of shift our awareness to to, um, how these different identities and different um, challenges to accessibility interact. So that'll um, help us build to the third and final workshop of of phase one, Mm -hmm. which is um, really talking about, okay, now that we've learned all of this information, now that we've kind of cultivated our awareness of how systems impact our relationships and our identities, um, how do we take this a step further and integrate this knowledge into our organizations? So we're going to really break down each aspect of an organization and talk about um, solution-oriented practices um, that are, you know, respectful, equitable, anti-oppressive that people can actually use and and experiment with. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, I think that it's it's very important for us to share the idea that we're not coming with 
the solution. Um, we want this to be a conversation and there is no final solution to any of these problems. And I think that uh, as a community, we each have uh, different things to contribute to this conversation. And we really want to locate where this knowledge is in the different parts of this art com arts community, but also the, the Kingston community in general. So uh, some organizations may be doing some kind of work that is important, but may not have connection to other organizations that do similar work or look at this work from a different perspective. And so we really want this to, to bring folks together to have these conversations. One uh, conversation that I think was really important in the last uh, workshop that we had and that I feel, you know, is a continued conversation that we must have is, for example, the acknowledgement of the territory. Um, we have in so many places and in so many spaces uh, folks that come and tell us that we are on Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe land um, and they move on. And to us, it is so important to have this uh, acknowledgement, but it's also important to have the conversations about what that means mm -hmm. um, and how we can do it in a way that really acknowledges the lands and the peoples that live within um, Kingston and Turtle Island um, in a way that is comprehensive, that really does it beyond the ritualistic um um, like almost effect that it can have. Um, so these are the kinds of conversations that we want. Also about accessibility. It's also about um, locating the kinds of work that we all do within this space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, can you tell us a little bit about some of the people who will be uh, um, some of your guest speakers and folks who will be co-facilitating? Um, so at the uh, upcoming workshop on March 22nd, <coughs> we're going to have Aaron Ball, who is um, the owner of um, Kingston Circus Arts. So she has, um, she's an amputee and she is an aerialist dancer. She's internationally renowned um, as a performer and, and an artist and a coach and a teacher. Um, and she is going to be co-facilitating. She's also going to um, perform for us, which I'm, I'm <laughs> so grateful and really excited to see her performance. Um, it's a performance that was specifically done um, uh, around accessibility and disability in New York mm -hmm. that she's coming and bringing to, to Kingston. So it's very special and, and we're really lucky to have her. Um, and she's, you know, going to share some of her experiences. I mean, she's invited all over, like actually all over the world to um, perform. Um, and um, in Kingston doesn't have as many opportunities as she as she does elsewhere. So mm -hmm. um She's, we're going to talk about that and um, hopefully, you know, it'll be a really good opportunity for people to see how amazing she is. We are also going to have on our third workshop, do you want to talk about Camille? Sure. So we uh, are inviting Camille Turner, who is uh, an Indigenous artist and community activist. Um, who has lived for a few years in uh, Montreal and Toronto and is maybe soon moving to Kingston. Maybe not. <laughs> We're trying to convince her to. Um, and she's also um, a scholar. She's uh, a PhD student here um, at Queen's in the Cultural Studies program um, and will be talking to us about about sound and memory um, and the our relationships to Indigenous artists and Indigenous Indigenous arts um, in particular. Okay. And now overall, um, with, uh, with all of the ideas that you've brought uh, forward for us today, why is equity in arts so critical? And 
how do we recognize and confront iniquity when it is in fact encountered? I'll start with a little bit of an answer. So I think, um, you know, Randy Johnson, who uh, is the um, director of theater with Meal, said said some really powerful things at our last workshop, talking about how how the arts are so healing for people who face the most inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, people who really in Kingston, you know, live on the front lines of poverty, homelessness, mental illness, um, abuse, you know, lots of different things. And um, that that the arts and expressing through a creative outlet, is absolutely transformative for people. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the people who need it the most, people who really have incredible stories to tell um, that, you know, can really open our eyes to kind of uh, a lot of the issues and challenges that are just around us on a daily basis that we might be blinded by by our privilege or, you know, just um, it's too difficult for some of us to to engage with. Um, They really have... Uh, so much to to offer us about um, resilience and um, really working through a lot of difficult things and survival. And um, to me, like those stories, like for me, those are the stories that um, that really remind me of what it is to be human. And I think that for me, those are the stories that I connect with in art, the ones that really show me a deep part of the human soul and really communicate to me what it's like to live in that in that space and survive that and overcome that. So to me, I think it's really important because um, I think those stories are really important. Those people are really important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we need to make sure that they're that we give them space and platforms to to express and to heal. So that's that's what I would I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think one very important thing that you said earlier, Kaylee, was um, that we all have a stake in um, in creating a narrative around uh, what Kingston is, what is community, um, and who is represented and who isn't within all of this. Mm. Um, And therefore, I think that one role that we may have in confronting these inequalities is to challenge the norm, is to challenge and ask the questions about who is here and who isn't um, and why these folks aren't here um, and really, you know, create a new a new narrative that is hopefully more inclusive and that does um, within the arts and within the, the community in general uh, include um, folks that are marginalized. Okay. And so with this in mind, what impact will your project have on local art and artists? I think, I mean, my hope is that people build relationships. You know, I think that there's a lot of um, amazing artists that are doing incredible work and telling difficult stories. And um, it's just that, you know, a lot of arts organizations just aren't aware of that. So I hope that, um, you know, people who marginalized artists and community engaged artists will connect with arts organizations and and really forge some some strong relationships. And I think that already happened at our first workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Randy had a platform to to share his experience with how transformative um, theater with a meal has been for him and, and the people that he works with. And people are really excited by that. People are, are contacting him and working with him. And there's a lot of um, new possibilities for for him and the people that he works with now. And I that's that's my hope. I think that if if we can bring um, artists and arts organizations together in a in a you know an environment where people are conscious of of inequality and diversity and and looking at anti-oppression as a framework then um, I think it's the start of really something really powerful for Kingston. 
-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think that to me, one of uh, the things that I really want to to say or to introduce in, in, in this is that it is a conversation, that we don't have the solutions, not one person or one organization has all of the solutions, and we have to keep on having these conversations and continue talk on, talking about these things uh, so that we can create change. Um, and also, you know, thinking about, about our community differently um, and what community means to us, uh, a community of care, a radical community of care that uh, includes everyone. So now how can people uh, get involved or participate in the workshops? So we have, um, so if you go on artskingston.ca, A-R-T-S-K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N dot C-A, you will see our poster and you'll be able to um, register through Eventbrite. Um, to the different workshops um, and you don't have to come to all of them you can come to uh, one single one or two of them or three of them uh, we welcome everyone uh, including um, uh, board members of our arts communities artists uh, staff um, everyone really is welcome I'd also add so there is a small fee for the workshop um, and it's um, like the Kingston Arts Council is encouraging people to pay based on their organization's size, size and budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are options, you know, if someone is listening to this and they are just really interested and curious about coming, um, there are options to come for a sliding scale, pay what you can, you know, offering a small donation um, and sometimes for free if that's if that's needed. Yes. Yeah, and also, you know, um, we also, like for people who um, might need American Sign Language, um, childcare, um, um, you know, help with transportation. We've really tried to think about all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also try to make sure that, you know, the space is accessible insofar as, you know, dietary restrictions or, um, you know, noise and sound, um, you know, if you need to have an accompaniment with a care person. Like, we try to think about all those things and ask people beforehand. So, um, you know, if someone is like, oh, I would love to participate in this, but there are barriers, Mm -hmm. Um, please communicate with, um, you know, the folks at the Kingston Arts Council. They will will definitely work with people to try to make sure that they can participate. Thank you very much, both of you, for coming in. So we have Kaylee Marsh and Yasmin Gerval, who are here, and we're here talking about the Arts and Equity Project and their uh, workshops that they are running and have been running uh, in partnership with the Kingston Arts Council. This was a very informative conversation. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about these very informative workshops, too, and best of luck to you. Thank you, Dinah. Thanks so much, Dinah. Thank you for your time. This podcast was produced at CFRC. CFRC and Queen's University are situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. You can find every episode of this and all of our podcasts at podcast.cfrc.ca. Thank you for listening to CFRC's Podcast Network.